0: I want to take a, a, a few minutes, and I'm not going to go long, but I want to open this up and for somebody or anybody to share what they're thankful for. I don't need a hundred things, just one thing. Thank you. All right, we'll move on. Freedom. Freedom. Okay. Health. What? Selve, I'd expect that from you. Wow, thank you. Oh we don't want to use corn cobs do we? What else? Anybody else? Yeah. Amen. That's wonderful. Yes, sir. Prayer time. Every time we you gather, just the two of us. Amen. With the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Every day be thankful. Yes, sir. I yeah. No judgment. That's good. You have revelation of that, don't you, my brother? Yeah. Yes. Amen. To be loved. Unconditional love. Anybody else? What? Family. I'd expect to hear that. Amen. Being in the house of the Lord. Boy, you guys are really doing good. I haven't heard anything about shout yet though. Okay. Um, I wrote some things down and uh, hope I do it without breaking up. Amen. I'm glad that we're part of God's remnant church. There's the church in general, but there's the remnant. And I'm proud to be a part of that. Amen. The other thing I'm thankful for is the prophets ministry. Where would we be without the prophets the last two years especially? Thank God for them. Here's another one that I'm really thankful for. That we're making inroads into our community. And we were at that meeting the other night um, with Dr. Merritt. And to see the place full of people that are concerned and interested. Amen. And just to be able to invest and sow into that, that's wonderful. I'm I'm thankful for new families. And, you know, when we pray, we ask God to send us, you know, not be honest with you, not everybody's going to like me. Just the way. Every church has different flavors, different pastors, different types of leaders. This isn't the kind of church where we stroke you. You might have a stroke. No. You'd... <laughs> We're not going to pet the sheep. We're going to tell you the way it is. And so I believe God is has sent us and is sending us people that are going to be raised up in these last days. Amen. I'm still thankful. Here's Here's the number one, that I haven't quit the ministry. Do you know how many ministers have quit the ministry? Still going after 40 years, Kathy and I. Amen? So, you know, thank you. Um, I'm thankful for people that have been with us from the beginning. God bless you. Stuck with us through hard times, difficult times, transition times. Times we were persecuted. Times when people got upset and 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 left the church because they didn't like what they heard, but there's still those that stuck with us. God bless you i'm I'm glad that my family's here it's wonderful to have your family together we've been together a lot lately that's the wonderful's going it 's getting down to it 's pleasant, but no. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up. And this is the last thing. I thought about this because these things, we need to take time, folks, to reflect on where we've been, how far we've come, and what God is doing for us. But here's the thing that I'm so thankful for, the Spirit of grace, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in this place. And the presence of God. I want people, when they come into this building, their eyes come open and they sense the presence of God. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the people. It's not about the worship. It's all about Him. Amen. Now, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray and then we're going to... We've got two songs and... um. My oldest son is going to text Abe and tell him that God really moved. There was a very powerful anointing because, you know, he wasn't here today. So he's got a sense of humor. But um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to do two songs, and I'm going to instruct you a little bit um, about communion. Pastor Mike's going to come. I asked him to strum on his guitar, and he's going to do that. And then we're going to receive communion as a family. Do you know the family was instituted before the church? Think about that. Before the church was even born, it was family. And there's family here, and we're going to work real hard in the days ahead to keep it a happy family. Father, today we lift holy hands to a holy God. Wonderful Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who was and is and is to come, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, miracle-working God, God who delivers His people, we worship You, and we come into Your presence today with thanksgiving. We love You, and we honor You, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good news tonight because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Our guilt and our shame are nailed to the cross tonight. When I stand accused by my regrets And the devil roars his empty threads I will preach the gospel to myself That I am not a man condemned For in Jesus Christ Is my defense My sin is nailed to the cross My soul is healed by the scars
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You may be seated. Pastor Mike, you can come. I want to give you some scriptures that, uh, in fact, we're going to be sharing this morning about the early church. But these are scriptures that, that are so good and so important, and it all has to do with being thankful. And the first one I want to read to you from Ephesians 5 and verse 15. It says, see that you walk circumspectly, or carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Everyone say wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Does that apply? (laughs) Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So if you and I don't understand the will of God in this hour, it states that we're unwise. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, say that with me, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Giving thanks always for all things. In other words, you and I need to be grateful. And I want you, as we go through these scriptures and before communion, in your heart and in your mind, begin to reflect on something you're grateful for. First Thessalonians 5, it says, Rejoice always. Say, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you want to know the will of God, the will of God is giving thanks. Then in in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 10 through 16, it says, Through Him, or through Christ, therefore let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips... That thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. I like that. The fruit of our lips that what? Thankfully acknowledge. That's what we're doing today. And confessing and glorifying the name of Jesus. And then in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we, as believers, every day, we should be thankful. Especially, how can you be thankful when all that's going on around you in the world and the government and all the bad news? We're thankful because He's given us the victory through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to give you a little bit of history on communion and then I'll have the ushers wait upon you. This is such a good scripture. In Galatians 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth His Spirit into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, our Daddy God. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God in Christ Jesus. Let me repeat that. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. A slave of what? A slave of sin. But a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Amen? That's who you and I are in Christ Jesus. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it states that Jesus came when the fullness of time had come. In the same way Jesus celebrated the greatest of the Jewish feasts, the Passover feast, in His 33rd year, and marked the end of the old and the beginning of the new. You know, we're there right now as the church. The old's gone. The new has come. Amen? It says that... uh For hundreds of years before Christ, the Jews kept the Passover feast, commemorating their supernatural deliverance from Egyptian bondage. And the death angel, Jesus was celebrating this feast with his disciples when he instituted the Lord's Supper. Through the memory of the Passover, the ancient ancient people looked forward to the Messiah who would establish the eternal kingdom of God. In the Last Supper of Christ, the hopes of the past and the glory of the future were met in the living Son of God. So when we come today, and I think this is appropriate because I think, and I I really believe this, the church is right at the edge. where I know God's kingdom is, is being established on the earth, but there's something new that's occurring in the body of Christ and in the church. Don't you sense it? Don't look to all the negative things that are going on. God is doing something powerful. So as we come together, we need to remember we're in a new era. It hasn't manifested yet in the natural, but we're all we're in it. We're in it. I can sense that. So communion today, people, it's a time of remembering. Say remembering. It's a time of self-examination. You and I need to examine our hearts. Where are you at spiritually? You need to determine if there's areas in your heart, if you're not, you know, if you're in sin, if you're not walking in the fullness of God's plan for your life, you can get there. So, think about these things. Then it's a time of discerning the body of Christ. Everyone in this room has a role to play. From young to old. You young ones need the old ones. Amen? Caleb calls them the mouth breathers. You need us. Did you hear me? Young people, you need us. Why? Because there's a few gray hairs. We know some things. Amen. It's what? Okay. It's a time to discern everyone has a gift. He's up here playing today. He has a gift. He's helping the body of Christ at Harvest Church. Then it's a time of of sharing. It's called a love feast. We need to share our love. We need to love each other no matter our background. No matter, you know, our education, where we've come from. God loves us unconditionally, so we need to be that way with people. Then it's a time of healing. If you need healing in your body today, it's present there in the communion elements. Then it's a time of testimony to His coming. Say, He is coming. I believe He is. But I don't think He's coming as soon as some people think. Because we're not done with the harvest. Amen? Amen. So, ushers, this morning, I want you to come. This, this loaf of bread represents one body. Say, one body. Say, we're one body in Christ. Amen? Everybody is welcome to partake of, the, of communion today. Amen. Can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed this bread represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that bore your sin bore your sickness bore your diseases amen father today we bless this bread And we remember the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We remember each one of us is important to the body. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy this day. We receive this bread in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of the Lamb of God. This cup is the new covenant in my blood As often as you do it, as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Today we drink this cup remembering the precious blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there be no remission of sin. We thank you, Lord. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We stand before you purified by the blood of Jesus. Sons and daughters of the Most High God, we remember you today, Jesus. In the blood. Now we worship you. We honor you, Lamb of God, in this house this morning. You made a way for us. And we thank you, Father, you've made us kings and priests because of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'd have you stand up today, and I know this is a little different, but it's called a love feast. So I want you to go around, just love on somebody. Don't talk to them a lot, but just go and let them know that you love them. Amen? Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. I'm proud of you. God bless you. God bless you. Good to have you. God bless you. God bless you. You bet. Thank you. We love you, too. Thank you, sir. God bless you, Carl. Love you, Pastor. Love you, too. Oh, thank you, sweetie. God bless you. Boy, once the sheep get going...
2: Receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hands. The ushers will get you an envelope. And while they are doing that, I just want to give you a couple quick dates. Two weeks from today, Sunday, December 5th, Pastor Doug Daniels will be here ministering in the morning service. He's from Lord of Host Church in Omaha. We've known him for years, wonderful man of God. So try to attend, be able to attend that. On Sunday, December 12th, during our regular service, the kids are going to have their Christmas party. So you'll want them here for that. On Sunday, December 19th, will be our family Christmas service at 10 o'clock. And um, so that's Sunday, December 19th, our family Christmas service. Then also... Oh, Mike, I got these. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he never li- no. <laughs> I printed we put the dates up there but for some like us old folks need hard copies. I put some of these back there with some dates. We don't have all of our dates set for next year, but we have some important dates for next year set. As a uh, Saturday, August 20th is Jesus Day, our outreach to children. On Sunday, August 28th is Mike Keys. We bumped him up from September to August because uh, the Tim Tebow Foundation is not doing the regular night to shine this year. It's been canceled. And so what we've decided to do is we're going to do our own, but we're going to wait till the weather's good. (laughs) And and we can't officially call it night to shine, but it it will be something similar instead of a prom. We're going to do it in September and it'll be more of a homecoming thing. And it'll be a lot of fun. And so you want to make sure to mark that down on your calendars. It will be Saturday, September 24th. So all those, I wrote those down so you have those. And as we get more dates, we'll give those to you. Um, Sometimes when we receive the offering, I think all we need to do is just to be thankful that God has blessed us exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Even when things have been difficult in some areas, in some respects, God always takes us over. So I'm just going to pray and bless this. We're thankful for your giving. It keeps the lights on, and we bless people around the world. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. We are not only redeemed from sin and sickness but we're redeemed from poverty lack and debt and you're the god that blesses us father exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think and we just thank you for that in jesus name amen
0: i want to share this morning and i'll get started i probably won't get too far about the early church, and they really are a model for us today. Now, we don't, you know, we've, with technology and everything, we can do a lot that they couldn't, but there's something they had that was very special, and that's what I want to address today, and early church dynamics. So, I want us to discover how the early church conducted themselves in relation to each other, its leaders, and then how God responded to them. Um, As believers, you know, we can read words in the Bible and just go right over it. And we don't take time to really look at a word, a singular word, maybe two or three words. And because of that, I think the the body suffers because we don't have the revelation knowledge, and we don't have the the wisdom to know how to proceed in the days ahead. And uh, so, I, it's it's important that we that we look at the three words I'm going to give you today. And uh, like I said, you can you can read words like this and and just run skip right over them, and not even understanding. The true meaning. And I want to read to you from... And this is a good illustration of this. There's a gentleman that that pastored in England. Years ago, he wrote, wrote this book called Crossing Over. And we're a crossing over church. He says this. Words can mean different things. Some years ago, when I first began to travel to the States, I remember staying with a pastor and his wife in St. Louis. We'd stay there for a week, and as we were leaving, I said to the pastor's wife, You know, you're the most homely person I've ever stayed with. She just froze and didn't respond. I thought, poor soul, she's not receiving this. She must have a terrible self-image. So I, I just kept pressing the issue. I said, you are very homely, so homely. No one told me what I was saying was, you're so ugly, the most ugly person I've ever stayed with. I went on laboring this thing. Then in the same church at the Sunday morning meeting, I said to everyone, that was a great time in God's presence. Now go home and enjoy your Sunday joint. It's such a familiar saying in England meaning to go home and have a roast dinner. I had no idea I was encouraging the church to go home and smoke marijuana. The young people loved it. I remember at another church, I was struck now by coming into the car park by how untidy and messy it was, so I mentioned to the congregation, you know, I've noticed there are a lot of fags in the car park. So if you pick them up on your way out, of course they cigarette butts in England, but in the USA, it's a different story. Anyway, I've never been invited back to any of those churches. Amen? I want to read to you um, from Acts chapter 2, and I want you to find verse 38. And I'm going to read it to you from the NIV. The reason I chose the NIV, because it's... It it really says it, it's very concise. I'll give you some other definitions too. But the three words that I'm about to read to you today, they're not the most exciting words. Because as you read the rest of the passage of Scripture, and we will, then it gets into the exciting, miraculous part. But it's all prefaced with these three words. In Acts chapter 2, this is where Peter gave his sermon. In verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now that's supernatural. What would you think, Harvest Church, if you showed up and there was a line of people to the road waiting to get into the church? Yeah, hallelujah, but who's going to help? Yeah, Bobby's got it. They'll they'll hear you. They'll hear what you what you shout at them. But 3000 souls and we're we're in that right now. We're coming into that time, folks. But I want you to see how important the next three words are. Verse 42 in the NIV it says, "They devoted themselves" say it with me they devoted themselves what did they devote themselves to the apostles teaching or doctrine to the fellowship to the breaking of bread like we just did and to prayer Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet. Every day they continued to meet. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. Who added to the church? The Lord did. So, I want you to see that. They devoted themselves. Say it with me once more. They devoted themselves. Now we're gonna look at that. Let me give you a a couple other different translations of they devoted themselves. The King James or New King James says, and they continued steadfastly. The message translation says, they committed themselves. Boy, that, that's a nasty word to a lot of people. They what? Committed themselves. The Amplified says this. I like this. And they steadfastly persevered. Devoting themselves constantly. See, that's where the body of Christ is at right now. Now persevering. Not being moved by what they see or what they hear. But we're persevering for what the Father's Word states. What the prophets are speaking in this hour. No, we might not see... Big changes, any tsunamis yet, but I believe we will. There's things happening right now that aren't being reported. I believe that. In the Greek, it's two words compounded together, P-R-O-S, which is a preposition to or toward, and it carries the idea of close, upfront, intimate contact with someone else, then Carterio in the Greek, the second word means to be strong, to bear up, to have fortitude, or to be steadfast. So what should you and I be in this hour? We want to be like the early church and move in signs and wonders and miracles. It's not going to happen until you're truly devoted. Devoted to God, devoted to church, Devoted to serving each other. It's quiet here. Nobody likes to talk about commitment. Nobody likes to talk about devotion. Amen? So this word, second word, means to be strong, to bear up, to have fortitude, or to be steadfast. These two words, compounded together, depicts a strong, solid never give up type of leaning toward an object. Let me say that again. These two words compounded together depicts a strong, solid, never give up type of leaning toward an object. This kind of person wants something so bad that he's pressing in forward towards that intended object. My wife and I Aren't Hollywood type preachers. Never will be. Amen. We're not that charismatic. We don't express a lot of ooey gooey love. I got a grunt from Caleb. We're not very emotional. I'm probably, of the two of us, I'm the most emotion, emotional. But you know what? We've been devoted for 40 plus years. We're still here. I hear the Elton John song. I'm still standing. I know that's not a Christian song, but we're still standing. We would never be here today if we had not devoted ourselves to God and to you. And you have to have that same mindset, whether it's convention of states, patriots, united, that same, I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna stand my ground, come hell or high water. And that's an attitude. And we've had it for 40 plus years. And it's getting stronger. If that's possible. And I believe it's on you. I'm not going to pastor a church of wusses. Weak, wimpy people. God placed us here to raise up a strong body. And I believe we are, and the, whole, the reason we're strong is because we believe in prayer. You want to get stronger, then you need to pray. Consistently. Be in fellowship, intimate fellowship with the Father every day and crying out to Him and praying. So this is a, this is, these are three important words they devoted themselves It's used again, this same Greek word in Colossians 4.2, it says, Be earnest and unwearied and steadfast in your prayer life. Now, (laughs) the early church is an example or model to us. What did the early church want so bad? What did they want so bad that they exerted so much strength and intestinal fortitude with a never give up type of attitude? Want me to tell you? Okay. Number one, what did they want so bad that they devoted themselves to? They devoted themselves to the Bible, to teaching. The apostles' doctrine, the apostles' teaching. So in the days ahead, you and I need to be more devoted to the Word of God. We'll not survive if you're not devoted to the Word. And it's coming to the point you can't live off of someone else's faith in the days ahead. You have to develop your faith. I have to develop my faith. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and sound doctrine. Number two, they were devoted to fellowship with God and each other. Fellowship. Two fellows getting along in the same ship. You don't see a lot of that in the church today. There's too much quarreling and bickering and vying for position to to just push your own program. And it's not about our program. It's not about establishing our kingdom. It's about establishing His kingdom. So we need to be devoted to God. Fellowship with each other. Amen. Then there's devotion to breaking of bread and communion. They not only met for communion and, and broke bread together, but I believe they they went out to Perkins, which i 'm sorry i 'm the only one in my family that likes that restaurant for their pancakes. They do not they won 't go with me. So the other day, I just went by myself. My son says that's that's depressing i don 't care. I was all by myself and I had my pancakes Amen. So we need to be devoted to fellowship and, and coming together. And we're, we'll see that more and more happen in the days ahead. Then we need to be devoted to prayer. And this church, I believe, is devoted to prayer. Then we need to be devoted to giving. In other words, generosity. What did the early church do? If there was somebody in need, they met that need. They didn't have to be told by leadership to meet that need. They were led by the Spirit of God within them to minister to a need. If you see a need, folks, do what you can to meet that need. That's the early church. I'll never forget this. It only happened once in all the years I've been a minister. We were at a convention at FCF in Tulsa, and the Spirit of Giving fell. And we Maybe we've come close to that, but nothing like what we saw down there During the convention, I was a young minister, pretty green, and the spirit of God just fell and people started giving of their own, you know, possessions and they'd stand up. I'll give this car, I'll give this and I'll give that. We stood up and gave away a beautiful, gosh, it was beautiful, beautiful antique because we're in antiques. Um, What was it? A high boy dresser. And back then we didn't have a pot or a window to throw it out of. And I remember we gave it to Karen and Glenn Brown, other ministers. But it was so, you didn't have to be told to give. You just knew down here you needed to give. That's the way the early church was. I like that. Then they, they met daily. They were devoted to coming to church or going to the temple, they'd come together in one accord with one purpose in mind. Then they ate their food and they, they celebrated together. The early church, Now, newsflash, they were happy. I said they were happy. They were full of joy. They got together. And they they got together around a meal in each other's homes and there was joy and, and the presence of God and they were happy. There are too many sad Christians. Gloom and doom. Just try practicing being happy by faith. You know I've done that before cuz I don't smile. I stand for the mirror and smile and practice smiling so it doesn't look fakie. Some people just, just are just so good. They, they can just smile and they're joyful. My wife and I, we're just a little more the other way. So we have to work at it. We all do. But you know what? Newsflash, God is restoring the joy of His people. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I believe we're going to experience some great joy in the days ahead then they had great favor with all the people amen well what happened because they they lived these three words they were devoted what happened the amplified bible says and the lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved from spiritual death the motivation for becoming a believer and living the Christian life, sprang from within. Let me say that again. The motivation for becoming a believer and living the Christian life sprang from within the people. There were no gimmicks, no singles programs, no special programs, no razzle-dazzle worship. No, no great preaching. The life of the early church was grassroots. It sprang from the bottom up, and not the top down. Hearts that were baptized with the fire of the Holy Ghost. This is the early church. People baptized with the fire of God. Not being told necessarily by leadership, do this, do that, do this, do that. It just came natural. It was supernatural. It came from within because they had relationship with God the Father and they fellowshiped with Him and each other on a daily basis. Preachers did not have to bang the drum to get the people to do something. Boy, it's quiet here. I'm going to close with this. Let me read a portion of this. It's really good. We have to get back to the Bible definition of church if we want to grow vibrant, relevant churches. A devotion similar to that of the early church is the greatest gift that a believer can hand to a leader. The early church leadership were handed a priceless gift. They didn't need to worry about their church members showing up (laughs) at meetings or reading their Bibles or praying or taking care of one another's needs or being committed to small groups. They were devoted to the teaching of the apostles and they lived out what they were taught. They loved to serve one another. They didn't need to be coerced or persuaded or nagged. They were devoted all by themselves and that meant that the leadership was released to do what leaders do best and that is to lead. One of the most vital ingredients of the early church which helped it advance and which is missing from many modern churches was the freedom afforded the leaders they were not bogged down by the vast array of tasks that most of the today's leaders are. The leaders of the early church were delivered from the stuff that causes burnouts and destroys many pastors and leaders. They were free from compens- comp- comp- compensatory leadership, a leadership that compensates for that which the church isn't doing. The things that you have to do by yourself, otherwise they won't get done at all. Much modern leadership is born out of reacting and compensating, but the early church leaders were released from all of that because the believers were devoted to themselves. Now, let me find what... uh, This this is a true story, and I'm going to read this, and then we'll be done. And he gave this example because... He, he lived it out with this individual. He said, uh, "Life of the early church it sprang from the bottom up and not from the top down." This came home to me again recently, talking to an ex-Baptist pastor in our country who, for 20 years, had been in the ministry in the same church. He and his wife had a nervous breakdown and finished up ill and on medication. Now, you don't want your preacher to have a nervous breakdown, do you? I was speaking to him and was shocked to hear that he was now a pub landlord. I asked him, what happened? He said, I just got so worn out trying to get the people to commit, to serve, to give, and get behind anything I said to them. He said, we got so discouraged. However, (laughs) he told me that he loved being a pub Landlord. Now there's a pub in England, I think, on every corner. I asked him why, and he said, Well, my drinkers are devoted all by themselves. I've never had to send out a flyer reminding them to come back. I've never had to phone them up to say, you will come tonight, won't you? I've never had to sit wondering if anyone will come to my pub tonight. In fact, I've had to ring a bell at the end of the night to tell them it's time to go home. Never been that way here. I have to practically push them out the door. I never saw that in the church in 20 years of ministry... He was telling me something. Without telling me something, he was saying something to me that was strengthening my own convictions about the true nature of the church. It is the same when you set out to build a church as it is with anything in life that you want to build it to be a success, a business, a marriage, a building. Every successful thing in life is established around a flow. He says if you're seeking to establish a growing church, a crossover church into your destiny, then you need to be aware of this for your continued growth and development. The church members need to be educated that if they see... Are you listening, folks? That if they see a brother or sister in need, the last thing they should do is go and tell the leader or the pastor. If they see someone in difficulty, then they just need to go and see what they can do for them. You don't read in the Bible that someone spotted a problem and reported it to whoever was the head of that particular department. The people just helped one another. It was organic. It was in their DNA. Reverse the flow. Don't get worn out doing what you should not be doing in the first place, and it will bring a huge release. He got into... Um, talking about follow up, following up on the people, you know and the people, listen stand up, would you please if you want to go out there and reach the harvest and you want people to follow you to church they're going to be moved by you your attitude your excitement your joy. Amen. I'll use, Steve's a good example of this. That guy, got, guy can talk to anyone. He just walks up and he's very personable. And, you know, it's, and it's the same way his, his opposite. You're more reserved like my wife. We're more outgoing. But you know, people. In fact, we were at that meeting the other night. This young man. Who was that young man that came in that's related to him? Was that your nephew? What's his name? He was Jesus walked in the room with a smile on his face, and he could talk to you. Now I don't know anything about him, but the guy I was impressed. He might be a hellion. I I don't know, but I'd sure like to have him in my church. Why? Because he's he's just personable. He's happy. He's smiling. That's running the gene pool there. I don't know. But you're not going to affect those that you witness to if come to church. You might like a pastor. He's kind of he's kind of, well, what is he? Uh <laughs> kind of brash, kind of outspoken. It's all about you. You're the church. How do you act? How do you talk? Are you always negative, gloom and doom? Or can you exude some joy and happiness and faith and hope? That's what's going to bring the people here. We're not going to have to go knock on doors, folks, in the days ahead. They're going to come because they want it. And they want to be devoted. Father, today we thank You. I thank You, Lord. That you called me to pastor people that are devoted to you first and foremost. And devoted to serving one another. I pray Holy Spirit. Those that are here today that are not as devoted and committed as they should be. I'm asking that you speak to them. Holy Spirit speak to them and deal with their hearts even in the night seasons while they sleep. Father, I pray a fire be built in their hearts that will burn bright and people will be impressed by their attitude, their conversation, their words. And they'll be an example of devotion. Lord, I thank You that it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of grace. And I speak and declare God's grace over this body of believers. Rise up! Now is the time to begin to march and get in line. Now is the time to share your gift and not lag behind. Open your heart and your mind to all the Spirit of God is doing in this hour. For He's pouring out His Spirit in a fresh, dynamic way and miracle power. Don't look back, but look ahead. For the future's bright and it's not filled with fear and dread. For I have called you and chosen you for this very hour. And I am going to anoint you by my spirit and power. Your grace, grace will flow from your lips day after day. As you meditate on my word and you're obedient to do what I say. Now is the time. It's not tomorrow. It's today. So begin to act like you know what I'm doing. And the miracle power I'm pouring out. For I'm with you. I'm for you. And I'm not against you, says God. For you're here and anointed for this new season. You have a destiny to fulfill individually and corporately as a body. For I'm going to do much in the days ahead through this people and through this congregation. So now's not the time to jump ship, but now's the time to get in line and heed the marching orders that are going forth. Father, we thank You for Your goodness and mercy today. You love all of us. You love us all unconditionally. And you have great things for us to do. Open the eyes of our understanding to see that. Open our ears to hear the voice of what the Spirit of God is speaking to the people in this hour. We love you. And we say together, not, say it, not my will. But your will be done. Your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We live, people, in the most exciting time in the history of the church. And I want to be on the front lines. Amen. Now, you might have to be back here supplying the front lines. Whatever. But have that kind of attitude. Anyone here... You, you, I hope you believe God for healing for your body. That's what it's for, communion. Amen. Anything else? No prayer Wednesday night so Mama can put the turkey in and burn it. Amen. God bless you and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you.